This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore stocks started the new week in the red. The Straits Times Index fell 0.3% to 3,235.24 points at the open. The Nasdaq opened higher on Tuesday, November 29th, as Tesla led gains among beaten down growth shares. The Dow Jones Industrial Average and S&P 500 both fell at the opening bell. At the midweek, Singapore shares started the trading session marginally higher, despite bearish sentiments on Wall Street and Europe. The STI gained 0.04% to 3,277.65 points at the open. And on Thursday, Wall Street stocks soared after Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell signaled a moderation from the central bank's aggressive posture to counter inflation. The Dow Jones finished up 2.2%, the S&P 500 gained 3.1%, while the tech-rich Nasdaq jumped 4.4%. It's Friday, December 2nd. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm podcast editor Clarissa Montero. Singapore stocks opened weaker after Wall Street ended mixed, with many index counters trading in the red. The STI was down 0.7% to 3,271.44 points at the open. Here's Amelia Tan, research analyst at SGX Securities, with her wrap of the week. In the week to date, the STI gained 1.5% in price returns, with the regional FTSE Asia-Pacific Index gaining 1.9%. Asia stocks rallied over the week after the Federal Reserve indicated that it could scale back the pace of its interest rate hikes as soon as December, and China opened the way for a softer approach to COVID-19. Analysts noted that the Fed's remarks had been the most dovish in some time and highlighted a sense of relief among investors that a long-hoped-for pivot was on the cards. The three main indices on Wall Street surged as technology stocks rebounded. Across the Singapore market, the outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were NIL with 18% gains, Hutchison Port Holdings Trust at 11% gains, and Capitaland China Trust at 10% gains. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were First Resources, CDL Hospitality Trusts, and Singapore Post. Looking at institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 30th November, we observed net institutional fund inflows of 162 million Sing dollars, reversing the outflows recorded over the past two weeks. By sector, the highest net inflows over the last five sessions were seen across consumer cyclicals at 132 million, followed by real estate excluding REITs at 39 million and financial services at 16 million. On the other hand, industrials saw the highest net outflows of 16 million, followed by telecommunications at 13 million and healthcare at 7 million. Largest inflows were seen in Jardine Cycle and Carriage, UOB, and Chipping Singh, while largest outflows were recorded across DBS, ST Engineering, and Comfort Delgro. A look back on the month of November, the STI booked a 7% total return. This was the strongest price performance for the index since March 2021. On a year-to-date basis, the STI recorded 9.6% in total returns. Comparatively, the FTSE Asia-Pacific and FTSE Developed Indices recorded declines of 14.8% and 12.9% respectively, after recording some of its strongest monthly gains in November. 
November also saw Singapore's top 100 most active stocks record $712 million of net institutional fund inflows, with banks, consumer cyclicals and the telecommunications sectors leading the inflows, while REITs, energy and healthcare sectors booked the most outflows. In terms of price performance, consumer cyclicals and technology sectors led the November gains with Genting Singapore, Jardine Cycle and Carriage, Neo, The Hourglass, Parkson Retail and MM2 Asia averaging 15% total returns. Jardine Cycle and Carriage was added to the MSCI Singapore Index at the end of November and the rebalancing saw a noticeable impact on its stock price and fund flows. Outlook for Asia's growth and US interest rates were key market drivers for the month. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development predicted Asia will be the main engine of growth in the next two years, despite slower global growth. For US interest rates, much focus has remained on the 14 December FOMC meeting, with marginally dovish expectations of a 50 basis point hike. The US dollar index declined 5% for the month, while longer-term 10-year Treasury yields eased from 4.05% to 3.6%. Senior correspondent Taepit Gek has further insights from the Business Times newsroom. Global equities were dominated by COVID situation in China and the Federal Reserve official speeches this week. Asian investor sentiment was first bearish at the start of the week, soured by the protests in China over COVID curbs. But sentiment improved when the demonstrations were subsequently put under control. In fact, the unrest might cause the Chinese government to relax its zero-COVID policy, some suggested. Further fueling investor optimism, China's lifting of a ban on companies in the property sector undertaking capital fundraising also helped to lift stocks. MSCI AC Asia-Pacific, the broadest index of Asia-Pacific shares, has surged 1.6% thus far this week to Thursday. Shanghai Composite was 2.1% higher. Hang Seng Index climbed 6.6%. FTSE Malaysia KLCI inched up 0.33% in the week when a new prime minister took office. Over in Wall Street, where market sentiment early in the week has also been held hostage by the Federal Reserve officials' hawkish comments over the weekend, managed to turn around after the Federal Reserve said it will moderate interest rate hikes. Nasdaq Composite rose 2.3%, Dow Jones Industrial Average inched up 0.14%, and the S&P 500 was 1.3% higher for the week to Thursday. Also seeking clues from China's situation are oil prices as the reopening of the world's second largest economy would bode well for demand. Oil prices have rebounded strongly after the prospect of a lower price cap on Russian crude surfaced. The Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries OPEC and Allied Producers, including Russia, are set to meet to consider output levels on December 4th. Singapore's benchmark of 30 blue-chip stocks, the Straits Times Index, has risen 1.5% week-to-date against the backdrop of China COVID protest and the prospect of easing restrictions, as well as the Federal Reserve's less hawkish stance. Investors will keenly watch the United States' non-farm payroll data to be released on Friday as the Federal Reserve has said its monetary policy is data-dependent. The employment level is one it will take into account in calibrating interest rates. Still to come, we take a closer look at macroeconomic and company-focused news and drivers with Amelia Tan. Partnering you. 
on your wealth and investment journey. Bringing you insights to make well-timed market moves. Sharing actionable personal financial tips. Helping you protect and grow your wealth. Analyzing Singapore's market trends and corporate issues. Supporting you through your Singapore property journey. Insights from your trusted partner, the Business Times Podcasts. Are you listening? And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, Singapore's factory output and Ministry of Manpower's advanced release on income growth were released this week. Could you expand on this and highlight some other notable news for the week? Singapore's factory output shrank 0.8% in October, recording the first year-on-year contraction in 13 months, led by a 14.5% decline in biomedical manufacturing. Excluding the typically volatile biomedical cluster, factory output grew 1.9%. However, October's output was still better than the 1.7% decline expected by private sector economists in a Bloomberg poll. Across clusters, precision engineering outperformed with an 18.6% expansion driven by higher output of semiconductor foundry equipment. Analysts expect that overall manufacturing slowdown is likely to persist into the first half of 2023 amid global headwinds. On the other hand, Singapore services industries receipts grew 14.5% in 3Q2022. All services industries saw year-on-year growth led by a 70.4% increase in revenue from the recreation and personal services segment due to higher earnings of firms in the gaming and attractions segment. Transportation and storage saw the next largest growth at 31.2%, with increased activities in air transport. On a quarterly, non-seasonally adjusted basis, business receipts were up 3%, extending the 5.1% increase in the previous quarter. Analysts expect growth in the services sector to moderate in the coming quarters as activity in the hospitality and consumer sectors normalise. In tourism, Singapore hotels recorded average room rates of over $281, which is 76% higher from the year-ago period, albeit marginally lower than September's. Overall, hotel room revenue surged to over $411 million in October, surpassing the pre-pandemic high last seen in August 2019. This quarter's earnings season also saw all of Singapore's listed hospitality trusts, with Singapore assets noting significant improvements in occupancy and revenue per available room in 3Q 2022, driven by the return of large-scale events and the MICE industry alongside pent-up demand for overseas travels. The Ministry of Manpower's advance release also showed that real median income growth rose to 2.1% in 2022 as strong nominal income growth outstripped inflation. However, this was still slower than in pre-COVID years, when real median income growth averaged 3.8% each year from 2014 to 2019 amid lower inflation. MOM is not expecting a significant slowdown in real median income growth over the next 12 months and sees that wage growth should still exceed inflation. Various labour market indicators have recovered to pre-COVID rates or better, and Singapore's employment rate for residents was above pre-COVID levels for the second straight year, rising to 67.5% in 2022. Amelia, there was quite a bit of company-focused news this week. Give us some highlights from the week. 
Singtel was reported to have signed a memorandum of understanding with South Korea's SK Telecom to jointly grow the metaverse business, starting with Singapore. Under the MOU, Singtel will share its expertise on 5G and other forms of technology across the Asia-Pacific region, while SK Telecom will lend its insights from the operation of its metaverse platform in Korea. Singapore Airlines and Tata Sons have agreed to merge Air India and Vistara. As part of the transaction, SIA will also invest 360 million Sing dollars in Air India, giving SIA a 25.1% stake in the enlarged Air India Group. SIA expects the merger to boost its presence in India, strengthen its multi-hub strategy, and allow it to continue participating directly in a large and fast-growing aviation market. ComfortDelGro announced that it is partnering Gojek to explore ways to address key issues affecting the point-to-point transport industry, including driver shortage. The collaboration will provide Gojek users access to ComfortDelGro taxis via the Gojek app to help with the driver shortage as well as sharing of resources. This includes electric vehicles and ancillary revenue opportunities as well as support solutions like insurance, driver training and vehicle maintenance. Yang Zixiang Financial has been awarded the liquidity pool scheme of up to 10 billion renminbi by People's Bank of China that will allow the group to deploy its capital in and out of China in a cost-efficient manner through intra-group transfers. This is particularly important to the group as it has a long-term target to diversify half of its investment portfolio to markets outside of China. Digital Core Reed announced that it intends to proceed with the fully debt-funded acquisition of a 25% interest in a Frankfurt facility for approximately 140 million US dollars and no longer intends to proceed with the equity fundraising scenario. This marks Digital Core Reed's maiden acquisition since listing in 2021. Digital Core Reed was the best-performing SREIT in November with 18% in total returns. Finally, LMS Compliance listed on SGX's Catalyst Board on 1st December. LMS Compliance is a laboratory testing and certification services provider based in Malaysia with a track record of more than 15 years. It raised gross proceeds of approximately 3.64 million Sing dollars via a placement. Proceeds will be used to expand its certification services segment and conformity assessment technology distribution segment as well as for acquisitions, joint ventures, and strategic alliances. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Flores Montero with Amelia Tan, Research Analyst at SGX Securities, and Tay Begek, Senior Correspondent with the Business Times News Desk. That was a podcast from the Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcast, or via the Google Voice Assistant Amazon-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3 you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.